Welcome to the Infernal Mafia, where we talk about clams and taco hammers. See what I did there, Sarah? I did. I've got a a food theme going today. (laughs) I don't like that one. This is a... I know, you don't like the taco hammer. I won't use it very many times, (laughs) if at all. Just today. (laughs) This is... uh, Yeah, just today. And this is a continuation over from uh, from our last episode. We had planned to talk about some of this upcoming stuff, but we had so much to say about things you do and you're trying to conceive naturally. It, it is a, it's a big topic. I have so many more things to say, but I won't. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll end it there for now until maybe we hear some, uh, some good ideas from some of our listeners about some other things they've tried we can share with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, we're going to move on to... Uh, the dreaded two-week wait. Let's talk about the two-week wait, Sarah. All right. Uh, so the two-week wait, if you are new here, you know, to seeing, the two-week wait is uh, the two weeks after you ovulate that you're supposed to wait to take the pregnancy test. But you right. know no one waits the full two weeks to take the pregnancy test. <laughs> And no matter what kind of TTCing you're doing, there's always a two-week wait. So I feel like everyone has that in common. It's true. Whether you're just starting or whether you're doing IVF with ICSI. Mm -hmm. Right. Everyone can... That is a a level playing ground, the old two-week wait. And it is a complete... like It's one of the hardest parts of infertility, for sure, because it... It just messes with your mind. So frustrating. It's 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 really frustrating. It, I feel like the symptom spotting turns you into like a completely batshit crazy person. Oh my gosh. Because you know what I mean? Like you you know you're crazy and because you feel crazy and you kind of are acting crazy when you like every little thing you're second guessing it in the two week wait. And you're probably the good thing about, annoying your partner, too. Right. And maybe other people around you, and you're certainly annoying yourself, most likely. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, get it together. The good thing about doing IVF is your two-week wait is shorter. The, it's technically not two yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's more like, so, what? It's more like a, a week and a nine half. Nine days. Or not even. Nine days? Yeah, Depending yeah, it's more like nine on, days, eight, nine yeah, days. depending on when you transfer. Exactly. But it's a silver lining of IVF. I mean, you got to take them when you can get mm-hmm. them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, did you, were you a big uh, pee on a sticker, uh, a poser? It depended on the cycle. But mm-hmm. yes, like when we were naturally... TTCing and then the first round of IVF I was but then yeah it was negative and that was really sad and that mm-hmm. made it so much worse because every day it was negative and I'm like well maybe it could be positive and mm-hmm. six days after right. a five-day transfer if you're not getting a little something usually it's not good yeah so that's the the thing about testing early. There's pros and cons. And 
The thing about testing early is if you do get a positive, okay, now your stress is over. You can just like Except it's celebrate not. for oh, no, it's not. But but mentally you think like okay, I got a positive. Now I don't have to stress about taking a pregnancy test. But then you immediately start worrying about pregnancy. And then you start taking you get a positive. five pregnancy tests a day. And it gets expensive yeah, if you're using like first response. Every hour. <laughs> right. Go, going back to the Wandfo brand, remember they give, Ugh. you can buy them in bulk. I hate those. So you can take as many as you want. I hate those things. But that is something you can do. Yeah. But... Like you were saying, if you get a negative, it messes with your head even more because you remind yourself like, oh, well, it doesn't really count because it's a little early, you know, and then you start playing tricks with yourself and it's just there. Long story short, there. I mean, there's pros and cons to both. So, you know yourself well enough to know which is better for you. I was not a chronic a piano sticker. I was pretty good about waiting until it was actually time to test. That's good. Um, but I know a lot of women like get super addicted to peeing on things. Well, and then you take pictures of it and you yeah, tweak right. your test. You're like, well, maybe there's a line <laughs> if I uh, right. bring the yeah. saturation up and <laughs> bring highlights down. Right. <laughs> And then you post it on social media and ask all your internet friends if they can see a line. They're like, uh, yeah, maybe. But really, they're like, right. I don't see a line. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, or, or you pull the test apart. You know, oh, like, yeah. Maybe if I peel back, the, you know, maybe the line is hiding underneath this thin <laughs> strip of cotton or whatever yeah. it is. But no. Yeah. Like I said. Batshit crazy person. Mm. That's what mm. happens during the two week wait, and the and the uh, pregnancy tests just exacerbate. <laughs> what did you do to kind of distract yourself from the two week wait? Well, I think I the distraction was key for me, like just keeping busy with something, like whether it's a hobby or like watching TV or what, like whatever, just keeping your mind busy burying yourself at work whatever but I feel like I learned over the course of time that there's really nothing you can do to truly not think about it there in other words there's there's really not anything that's gonna like take that this anxiety away from you so I feel like just to just don't beat yourself up about it you know yeah. like just know that you're gonna obsess about it try to not do it too much but don't beat yourself up about it if that's all you can think about I mean it's normal when you're when you're really trying to get pregnant and especially when you're like super invested like you're, you've gone through IVF or something of course that's all you're gonna think about so don't beat yourself up about it yeah try to do some things to cope and distract yourself but at the end of the day, of course you're going to think about it. So don't beat yourself up. I would play Candy Crush because <laughs> it kind of gave me something to channel my anxiety into. Mm-hmm. And it's mindless. Like, yeah. You know, you can just get on there and it, and it and totally like take your take your mind off of anything else. I just did a Google search of 
because I was curious, like, what do other people have to say about surviving the two-week wait? And we talked about the Ava bracelet in our last episode. We all know I think it's total bullcrap. Same. <laughs> I I had a very strong opinion on the Ava bracelet. So I, I found uh, a link to... an article on the Ava website called 17 Ways to Survive the Two-Week Wait. So I'm like, oh, I got to read this. And if I didn't like the Ava bracelet before this article, this just put the nail in the coffin. (laughs) So I wanted to share some of these because some of them are just, well, I'll let you be the judge. And I'm not going to read all 17 of them. Some of them are actually practical, like exercising or meditating or like some things like that. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Cool. Ooh, you know what? One thing I want to try that I think would what? be like good during the two week wait, or maybe not now that I think about it, is floating. Have you ever like in water? Like in a sense deprivation tank. Oh yes, you mentioned this. I want to try it. I mean, you could just do that for yeah, in whatever, right? Okay, I'm going to try it sometime, just, and then I'll report back. But you can go on okay. with your list. Okay, so here's the list. Or if anyone else has tried floating, let us know how... Is that what it's, like, officially called? Um, they, they're called float spas sometimes. They, they have different names. It's, and it looks like a giant tank, right? Yeah. And you just... Like a pod. Yeah, and your, and your head is, like, sticking out? No. Like, you get inside of it, no. and you pull the top down, and it's supposed to be completely black. And the Well, that sounds scary. And the water is um, body temperature. Cold, right? No, it's body temperature. Oh, I clearly know nothing about this. <laughs> so it's like you're floating in nothing. And mm. Yeah. It's very existential. Yeah. Anyway. It sounds interesting. Okay, anyway. Okay. So this is on the Ava website. Brainstorm baby names. Ooh. Not a good one. Nah. Don't do that. I don't think that's a good one. No. I mean, we're we're biased because we're infertility sufferers. Yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself there. <laughs> but yeah, don't get ahead of yourself. Um knit, crochet, or sew. Ooh, I like I mean, that one. We... Did you know that I Well, I do too, but it's just so like stereotypical girls sitting around knitting. It's, I don't know. I don't it's like It's mindless. It. <laughs> do you like, do you knit? It is mindless. Or crochet? I don't, I don't knit or crochet, although I'm interested in it, but I don't, do, but I would put this in the same category as like doing something creative with your hands. You should try it. Like, it's a yeah. stress well, reliever. Well, I have tried to learn knitting. Yeah, yeah. Knitting's. Okay, so Sarah likes Sorry. that one, even though I think it's. Yeah, I do like that one. <laughs> Draw, <laughs> color. <laughs> this says, if you're not an artist, try an adult coloring book. <laughs> I'm not a fan okay. of adult coloring books, but I do like to draw. I'm not either. Um, write a letter to a friend. Mm. Write a letter to yourself. No, thank you. <laughs> Give your partner a surprise. And then it says, like a blowy, remind him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Remind him that he's more than just a sperm machine with his favorite act of non-procreative sex. Oh. Yeah. So like a blowy. (laughs) 
give yourself a surprise. Like what? Focus on <laughs> focus on pleasing yourself for a night. You don't need to invite your partner. <laughs> okay. Um, read a book. Okay, that one's fine. Clean. No, thank you. <laughs> when you feel like you're about to go insane, vacuuming is better than therapy. Is it, though? This is not advice. Oh, I mean, I guess some people find cleaning therapeutic, but I'm not one of them. I'm not either. I'm a mess. Yeah. Journal. I do. I like that one. Actually, I had a uh, gratitude journal oh. when I was going through IVF, and I did like I that. I have one that's in the bathroom, um, so if anyone like visits, they can write <laughs> in it. No oh, one has. Like. <laughs> oh, you want your guests to write to journal while they're at your house using your bathroom? Yeah. Okay. I think it'd be interesting. When I come visit you, Sarah, I will I will be the first entry in your bathroom journal. <laughs> okay. Sounds and good. It would be interesting to read other people's yeah. comments that have been to your bathroom. <laughs> okay. Getting rid of things, saying goodbye to clutter. Mm. Fine, whatever. Give yourself a mani petty. When you're upset, painting your nails can be a zen-like experience. Um, isn't that kind of frowned upon? Oh, nail polish? Yeah. I guess that is one of those things that they say to stay away from nail polish when you're... But I don't Breathe know. Breathe some fumes it, while you're trying to get a baby to <laughs> implant in your uterus. All the fumes. Plant a garden. Um, that's also something you're not supposed to do while you're pregnant. Wrong kind of fertilizer. Yeah. Well, I just laugh at this because I, I have like literally five, you know, square feet of outdoor space that's all concrete. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, where would you plant a garden? I wouldn't. I would not plant a garden. Okay. Um, I just I just picture like someone, you have two weeks. <laughs> I'm like picturing someone like, you know what I need? I need a garden. And I'm going to make it happen in two weeks. I need you to but, fertilize hey. my lady garden. Yes. Another, it's like another subliminal messaging. Like if I fertilize this garden, maybe my own garden will get fertilized. Anyway. Okay. The last one. And this is probably the most ridiculous one. Make new outfits from old clothes. I feel like I have to read it like a valley girl. So. <laughs> Who knew that pairing that old blouse with your trusty pencil skirt could give them both new life? Do people just so, keep outfits together? Is that a thing? Uh, it's not a thing for me. I just grab something. I, yeah, I think they're basically saying, like, go into your closet and just start trying shit on and see what... <laughs> come up with some new... It's just... It's like pulling it. Nothing yeah. is the point. It's just this is not like practical advice for the two week wait. So no thank you to Ava. Sorry, not a fan. I like the <laughs> knitting and crocheting one. Yeah, some of them I I will admit I liked some of them, but some of them were a little ridiculous if you ask me. Yeah, <sighs> but you're not supposed so, to garden like, when you're pregnant. Did you know that? No gardening. Yeah, so what is the actual reasoning for not gardening? Um, I th it's so you don't get a parasite. 
Mm. Hmm. There's all kinds of things you're not supposed to do and you are supposed to do, which is another mental minefield, you know, because then you second guess everything you've ever done or touched or ate or smelled or looked at because you think, you know, because someone somewhere along the way was like, don't wear polyester when you're trying to get pregnant (laughs) or whatever. And then you're like, crap, that's why I didn't get pregnant because I wore that polyester crop top. Whoopsie. Uh I mean, if you're past 35, you probably shouldn't wear crop tops. Hey, it depends. <laughs> I know. If you have the I confidence. I shouldn't wear crop tops. You know. Yeah, then go for it. Like, this 35-year-old should not wear a crop top. I yeah. do not look good in crop tops. <laughs> you do not want to see that. No, me neither. <laughs> so moving on to our next Topic, Sarah, and this is what we were going to try to get to in our last ap- episode. And we just didn't have time, but we um, asked the question on our Facebook page and on Instagram about how people's lives were affected once they shared with people that they were trying to conceive. And Sarah, I think we've got a we did we had a couple of emails that came right away after I posted this on Instagram. So if you want to go ahead and read those. Okay, I will. Uh, this one is from Lindsay. <laughs> and she's... With two yeah, E's. Yeah, with two E's. It's like Lynn C. Which e. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone spell their name like that. I don't think I have either, but I like yeah, there's it. there's many ways to spell Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I digress. Yeah. Anyway, she says, I have one of those moms who constantly asks when I was going to make her a grandma. This got so old and I didn't tell her or anyone else we were trying to get pregnant and just avoided the topic anytime it came up. I know if I had told her she would constantly be asking questions about how it's going and that would have driven me crazy. Fortunately, we did get pregnant after eight months of trying and now have a six-month-old son named Rowan. Thank you both for talking about infertility and helping others understand it better, Lindsay. I yeah yeah. I think there's a lot of parents that are like, "So when are you having a baby?" Or they like drop hints. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. relatives. Well-meaning. Yeah, you're like, Ugh. well-meaning people. I'll tell you. Yeah. When I'm gonna have a baby? Okay. Yeah. Right. It's like what we talked about in our first episode, going back to how. It's weird that people think that they can invite themselves into this area of your life. Like, it's not, I don't know, it, it, it but it seems like an odd question to me, but that's because I've, someone who've gone through infertility, and for most people, it's not a weird question, but, but it is kind of odd when you think about it. Like, why are you asking me about my family planning? Yeah. But, it's a little awkward. Yeah. But I guess people are curious. Yeah. That's the thing about sharing. You open yourself up to a world of support from people, but you also open yourself up to criticism and scrutiny and unwanted opinions. So sometimes it's just easier to keep things close or or just share them with people that you know will support you and and it won't cause further stress. Cause that's the last thing you need. Yeah. Stress about people, you know, constantly asking you basically about your sex life so yeah it depends on your personality and other people's personalities 
True. There's a, a lot at play there. Yeah. But I think we would both we would both agree that you should talk to someone, especially if you're um, you know, if you're if you're struggling with getting pregnant. If you can do therapy, talk to a therapist. I felt like my YouTube community became my therapists. Um, you know, I could get all my feelings out there and this massive army of people on the other other end of the camera like understood what I was going through and could be like, yeah, I got you. I know how you feel. So I would just say talk to someone. Maybe start a YouTube channel about it. Maybe start a YouTube channel or maybe just tell your best friend. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't start a YouTube channel. I don't know what it's like now starting one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now if you want to read the next email. Let me see if I can find some new TTCers. Yeah. Okay. I'll read the next one. And it's from Nancy. Uh, Let's see. I told people close to me if it came up and I felt comfortable sharing. But after time kept passing by with no baby, it would sometimes feel awkward to be around people that I told, especially my friends with kids. I could tell they wanted to ask, but weren't sure if they should. And I usually didn't want to talk about it anyway. I think it made me distance myself from those people in some ways, not consciously, but on some level, I just didn't want to engage so that I could completely avoid the 900-pound gorilla in the room. Um, My husband and I are still TTCing, and there's no baby in sight. We've been trying for over a year and are thinking about seeing an RE soon. I'm 28, he's 32, so I feel like we're pretty young to be having this much trouble, so I think there has to be an issue with one of us. Before I go, I do have a question for both of you. What did you do to keep from thinking about TTC every second of every day? I drive myself crazy with it. I try not to, but then I still find myself Googling and in forums and watching videos and reading articles and thinking about it as I go to sleep. And there it is again when I wake up. What did you guys do to not think about TTC all the time? Any advice would be appreciated. Nancy. Nancy, I love your name. I love the name Nancy. It reminds me of my favorite childhood book series. Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. Drew. I loved Nancy Drew. I think that's where my um my fascination with true crime started with Nancy you Drew. You like true crime? Have we ever talked about this? I love true crime. I don't think so. I like true crime. I'm a true crime drunkie. Me too. Man. Weird. I didn't know that. Who's your favorite serial killer? Oh, I don't know. I don't have a favorite serial killer. (laughs) Ted Bundy's kind of hot. No, I'm just kidding. But he is handsome. He is handsome, but you know, he kills people. He is handsome, but also a psychotic murderer. Uh, I listened to a podcast yesterday about um, this guy who raped three girls and robbed them. Three different times. Oh, man. And he ended up having like 24 personalities. And that's Yikes. a really crazy story. It's pretty interesting, though. Yikes. Is anyone else into true crime? I just find it psychologically fascinating. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Nancy's email. Um, I'm sorry that you're struggling. I do think it's probably a good idea to see an Ari at this point since you have been trying for over over a year and definitely keep us posted on how all that goes our next episode we're actually going to talk about how to pick an Ari so listen to that one before you before you uh, see a doctor 
But I really identify with everything she's said in this email. In fact, I did talk about it in that in our first episode that like things like I distance myself from people and uh, one like the people that I had told I felt awkward after time kept going on and we weren't getting pregnant. Like it's that weird. They know that you know that they know, but no one's actually talking about it. It just kind of puts stress on the whole situation. I might have been all in my head. Like, there's a good chance that people aren't really that curious about what's going on in my uterus. But I think I created a complex by telling people and then assuming that they always wanted to know. You know? They might, though. So. Yeah. And as far as her question about just, you know, constantly thinking about TTCing, I think it a little bit goes back to what I was saying about the two-week wait that don't beat yourself up about obsessing about it because you're just going to think about it. I'm sure anyone listening right now that has struggled with infertility completely gets where you're coming from. Um, you know, I would be I would be careful with like constantly researching and reading um, and like getting sucked into that world. I would be careful to not just do that all the time, like take a break. Um, and just even if you have to force yourself, like make sure you do other things. There's more to you than trying to conceive. That's true. And th- there really is like th- this is not the only worth you have in life. Trust me. There's way more to you than trying to conceive. Having said that, everything is happening to your body. You literally can't escape it. Like, you're constantly, what cycle day am I on? When am I ovulating? Where am I in the two-week wait? Like, it's always on your mind. So give yourself a break, but do try to balance that. And guess what? You're normal. Go to Target. You're normal. Go shopping. Yeah. Retail therapy. We um we definitely support retail therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe try to go out with friends. I don't know. Whatever you do <laughs> is fine. <laughs> I don't know if there's much you can do to stop thinking about it. But Kayla's advice no. is good. Yeah, just don't don't feel like you have to stop thinking about it cuz it's that's a lose that's a losing battle. You know, it's more just I don't know, just finding balance like I was saying. You know, find the joy in other areas of life. So Thanks for writing, Nancy. Good to hear from you. Um, okay, we have one from Instagram, I think. I'll let you read this one, Sarah, because this is someone you know, Paula. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is from Paula. She says, I did tell close family and friends. After a while, in all of the just relax and it will happen, I kind of stopped telling. One time, my brother, whom I'm very close to, told me he didn't believe in treatments that maybe if I couldn't get pregnant... I wasn't really meant to be a mom, that it was God's way of telling me. I know he didn't mean it in a bad way and probably didn't even realize what and how it sounded, but it made me so sad. I cried for days and kind of stopped talking to him for a while. He lives in Brazil, so we talk on the phone. That makes me really sad for her. Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah. If someone says that to you, it's not true. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not. Um, we did. We talked about this actually a lot in the first episode, like how painful it is when you hear stuff like this from 
people that are close to you. And it's really hard, Paula. I'm sorry. I think it's probably the right choice to to for her to give herself some distance, at least, you know, or I don't know when this happened, but um, I think that was probably a good idea, um, you know, because that's that's just that's really painful. Yeah. And that's coming from a fertile person. (laughs) So you can't take (laughs) anything they say as like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, right. you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't yeah. know what it's, it's just like. Going... Right. And it goes back to that well-intentioned comment, that, although I don't know that... I feel like that's... I don't know how anyone no. could think that that's well-intentioned to say it's not God's will for you to have kids. Like, who made you the decider of what God's will is? But mm. in, <laughs> in other words, what I'm trying to say is I'm sure he wasn't trying to purposefully hurt her feelings but maybe he was maybe he was i don't know yeah but that's kind of a sad one like that's that's a a, she told someone and it had a a negative effect um which is unfortunate and that's gonna happen our next one is from brett uh do you want to read it or you want me to i can read it Uh, Okay. Brett says, I went straight from my mom knowing nothing to telling her and I was going to have to undergo my third surgery for fertility related reasons and then get IVF. Her pregnancies were not planned and my brother had no issues conceiving. So I think she was truly blindsided. She asked basic questions at first, but I don't think she really gets the process of IVF or the mechanics of getting pregnant. How privileged people are who we've never had, who've never had to learn. Uh, We haven't talked about it much since I told her, and I won't bring it up again unless she asks. The only thing I think she will bring up in the future is questions about dates of IVF treatment and being there for egg retrieval transfer. I think this might be a battle because... Although I chose to be open about TTC with her, I would like this process to be as private as possible, even if privacy means that it is me, my husband, and science, i.e. the clinic staff. I'm undecided if I will even tell her when we're doing a cycle because I am struggling with the intimacy being taken away from me throughout this process, and it would be nice to just share some things with my husband. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yes, and then a hundred percent. And then she also says, "Telling my mom has made conversations easier in that I don't have to lie about mundane things like acupuncture and doctor's appointments. I also don't have to hide my stress and distraction with TTC-related things, which was causing arguments and straining in our relationship. As long as she continues to respect boundaries in my our privacy, I would say telling her was a good decision." Yeah, I think, yeah, I totally get where she's coming from. And like I was saying earlier, you tell people and it's a double-edged sword because you do get the support, but you also, you know, it comes with some baggage too. But I like, I really like what she said about keeping some things private between you and your husband, because let's face it, like once you start fertility treatments, nothing is private anymore like this act of making a baby that is usually kept just between two people is now like you are inviting a whole slew of people into you know your clam and taco hammer situation (laughs) yeah i've never heard of anyone's Um, mom being at the egg retrieval 
No, I haven't either. But when but we had I'm egg retrieval, um, I saw some parents, I assume, sitting out in the waiting room. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you if that would be supportive for you, then great. Then do it, you know. But on the other hand, I totally get keeping, you know, keeping it between you and your husband. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I guess I'll segue into sharing just my, my own personal experience with that. But because I did it both ways. So when we first started IVF, I did tell close friends and family because it would have been hard to keep it a secret. And like she was saying, that comes with its own stress of keeping everything a secret. Like, why is she going to the doctor? Or just like you're constantly lying about something to someone. Yeah. So we did tell everybody and we wanted their support and we got it. But the second time around with IVF, we didn't tell anyone. I think I told my sister and a, and a really close friend. But that's it, because I didn't want that added pressure of constantly feeling like I had to update people. And I'm always wondering, like, what's happening? And they're asking because they're trying to be supportive. But it does add an additional layer of stress or it can for some people. So that's another one of those like it's a personal decision. It sounds like she, you know, I fully support keeping it between you and your husband. Like, yeah, if you can keep it private, like do it you know there's everything else about this process is so not private so yeah hang on to that when you can we couldn't really keep it private because uh peter works with my family (laughs) so right and this time we had them watch bjorn while we were doing transfer and things like that so that makes it harder yeah i almost wish that we wouldn't have even told peter's parents anything about the infertility stuff, but it's too mm. late now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to expound on that or would you like to uh, leave it at that? Uh, I mean, I remember a particular YouTube video yeah, I re- a long I time ago. One. Oh, okay. <laughs> Once people <laughs> I'm not... found out about my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But yeah. basically, they are Catholic. And they don't support, like, infertility treatments. But... That's it in a nutshell. I mean, Peter's mom said, she said, I can't say that I approve. Like, well... Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) I wish I wouldn't have told you anything. And she's like, I wish I could give my fallopian tubes to you. I'm like, I don't want your fallopian tubes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, thanks. See, that's enough. That's a weird thing to say to someone. Yeah. I wish I could give you my fallopian tubes. Because, uh, you know, if the baby's made outside of your body, then, you know, it's bad. Right. Right. Yeah. That is the official stance from the Catholic Church is they do not support artificial. They don't support art, like art, assisted yeah. reproductive technology. Anything. Yeah. Anything that's not the quote way God intended. If you're pulling you know, out, just... you are sinning. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, you can only have sex for procreation. That's, that's pretty much it. Idea. So that's, yeah. I wish yeah. we wouldn't have told them, mm-hmm. but they like Bjorn. So I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. 
Yeah. But I but, still feel judged. Mm-hmm. And you can't take it back. Like, it's out there and... Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sarah. It's okay. Besides that, <laughs> I mean, they're good in-laws. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I think... I think a hard one for me was was telling people at work mm. because when I was going through all of it or just deciding how much or if I should tell them. Um, so and kind of going back to what Brett was saying about keeping some things private so as to go about like this process like a normal person. I decided not to tell any of my coworkers, And I know a lot of people do, especially like their boss and and in some cases, people have a really good experience with this. If you have a good relationship with your employer and you feel like they'll be supportive of the fact that you have to go to the RE for the fifth time this week, then that's a good thing. But for me personally, I a didn't want the, the scrutiny that I already talked about of like people wondering, oh, she did an egg retrieval. Now what? Oh, she did a transfer, like just waiting to hear about what's happening. But Really, the the other motivation for me was like selfish in that nobody at work knew. So I could just behave like a normal person, if that makes sense. Like I could just go to work and do my job and pre- I could almost pretend like I wasn't dealing with it. Like it was a way for me to kind of cope with it because I, I knew that nobody knew about it there. And I could just almost just like I could compartmentalize it, like take myself out of that headspace when I was working. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So yeah. what did you do before, like when you were doing IVF? What was your profession? Oh, my job. Yeah, that's a good segue into, we're going to call this segment out of the box. Right, Sarah? Out of the box. What? Out of the box, out of the box. <laughs> box in quotes, oh, as in, you know. You know your like box. box. Your box. The box. But this, we're getting out of our box. Doesn't have anything to do with the box. Yes, these, exactly. These are things about Sarah and myself that don't have anything to do with our boxes. With clams and taco hammers. Yeah. So what did you do? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, I'm a musician. I have a music degree. And I used to be, when I was going through IVF and stuff, I, I worked for a, a nonprofit here in Chicago. It's actually an international nonprofit. Um, I'm not going to mention it um, by name for my I'm not going to mention it by name, but everybody would you would you would everyone's heard of it. You would know what it is. Um, hmm. But they actually one of their social services is that they provide music education to the public school system here in Chicago. So if any I don't know what anybody knows about CPS, which is Chicago Public Schools, that not Child Protective Services. I know that's <laughs> what it means other places, but the fine arts education and physical education, anything that's like considered, quote, extracurricular is like non-existent in the public schools here. So it was great because I, I got to teach music, trumpet, trombone, piano, guitar, choir, percussion, um, mostly to like middle school age kids here in Chicago and like some of the poorest, roughest neighborhoods, you know, where crime and drugs and gang violence, like you see all those headlines on the news about Chicago and the gun violence here. Like that's where I was going to teach kids how to play a trumpet. And well, I loved pretty it. Cool. 
yeah, it was awesome. It was a great job. It was really fulfilling. It taught me a lot. Um, then after the twins were born, I didn't want to do that full time. So I couldn't do it anymore. And now I actually work part time as a music assistant uh, to the worship minister at our church. Cool. So still doing music, but it looks a little different now. <laughs> but it's still nice that you are able to do music as a job. Yeah, I don't know how to do anything else. That's, That's the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> I'm sure you're good at other stuff, but being good at music is pretty cool. It's one of the best things I'm good at. Yeah. What? That didn't make sense. No, you know what no I, mean. I know what you mean. There's even some videos <laughs> on YouTube. Do you still have your videos of music playing on your YouTube channel? I've never taken down any episodes, so if I... I don't even remember playing... I don't even know what you're referencing. I'm pretty sure you have videos of you singing yeah, and playing guitar. I'm sure I'd, I'm sure I do. Maybe? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you yeah, do. Yeah, no, I, I do. I just don't remember which ones they were, but I, I... Yeah, I do. Somewhere. Yeah. So... It's my, you can it's find my, her uh, online. <laughs> <laughs> it's another way that I coped with infertility. Like, let me just pick up this guitar and see what happens. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, Sarah. Oh. You're also an artist of sorts. Yeah. Um, before I had Bjorn and a little bit after, I did wedding videos and other videos every now and then. But mostly wedding videos it was fun and maybe eventually i'll get back into it it wasn't Vide- videographer is is that the yeah. the the technical term yeah a wedding videographer was it videographer or vide- videographer videographer i guess videographer you can say it however you cool. want <laughs> but i i liked it and um i like being in the like background at weddings or like behind mm-hmm. the scenes and stuff and the food's really good usually and the cake <laughs> but yeah. i would always get and the free drink yeah oh i didn't drink oh yeah i guess you shouldn't you drink shouldn't, if you're on the you job shouldn't drink if you're a hired help <laughs> you're lucky if they right. gave you food right half the time we'd have True. to eat in the kitchen with the other hired mm-hmm. help with the musicians. Yeah. Like we would have been in the, I would have been in the kitchen with yeah. you if we worked the same way. Eating wedding. over a trash can. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and not always the same food that the guests are getting. Um, like here's a cold ham sandwich for you. No, I had it in my contract that they had to feed us a warm meal. Oh, that's good. That's smart. Yeah. So. I bet not everybody does that. Probably not. But. So did you do photography too or just uh, videography? Yeah, before I did the videography, I did some photography. And I do every now and then, but nothing. Like even when I was doing wedding videos, it's not like it was a full-time job. Mm-hmm. It could have been if I really tried, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> But it, it was like a fun Maybe thing. someday. Yeah. It's just, it's it gets a little stressful because it's someone's wedding like you don't yeah. want to mess it up and the editing right. afterwards was a lot of work mm-hmm. yeah I could see that being a, a actually a very high pressure job to be a wedding photographer or videographer because you 
you've got some seriously emotionally charged, like, bridezillas that if you didn't get the picture of me lighting the unity candle, you're fired. If I look fat, it's all your fault. Or if the mother-in-law looks fat or something. Right. Oh, yeah, that sounds, that does sound stressful. Yeah. I mean, fun in other ways, but... Yeah, I could understand not wanting to do that full time, but yeah, maybe someday. You're very good. I've seen your work. Nice. Well, I haven't seen any wedding videos, oh, but I've seen your photography. No, oh, I've seen your photography, and it's good. Well, thank you. So. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, people. A lot of people have low self esteem, and they don't realize what they actually look like. Oh. And so they get their pictures back, and they're like, oh, "I look fat." I'm like, "That's what you look like." Like, I didn't make you look fat. So sometimes... I don't know what to say. I I get it. I don't... You look in the mirror and you kind of move around to the best angle. Right. But in pictures... You subconsciously do that, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard when people get their pictures back and they don't like the way they look. Even... I've had that moment. Yeah, I, I have yeah, too. I'm like, oh, is that what I actually look like? But I would never blame the photographer. You know? Yeah. But the, they still don't <laughs> like their pictures. And so. Right. Yeah. Kind of makes me sad. Like it's it's sad all mm-hmm. around. <laughs> so. it I do like it. Well, that's. All. I do like it. That's good. That's good. Um, Should we wrap this episode up? Yeah, Sarah? I think. I think we should. I think so. Yeah, so this is kind of a little bit of a shorter one because it's really a continuation of the last episode. But uh, just to close things out, don't forget about our sock giveaway, everyone. Um, We're giving away a three-pack of pineapple ankle socks uh, for you to take with you to the fertility doctor or just to wear for fun. I have a pair. I posted them on Instagram. They're really cute. I'm not going to give you the socks I'm wearing. Just (laughs) That'd be a little weird. They're new socks. Yeah. So to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is subscribe to this podcast, give us a rating and a review, preferably a nice one. Thanks. <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to close the giveaway at on the last day of National Infertility Awareness Week. So you have about two weeks. And don't forget to join all our social media. Talk about it, Sarah. Where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook in a closed Facebook group, and it's called The Infertile Media, just like the name of the podcast. Uh, Mafia, The Infertile Whoa, Mafia. what did I say? Media? Media. <laughs> wow. I think I need to go back to sleep. <laughs> what would the infertile media look like? <laughs> We're the infertile media. Right. You know? The infertile media. You could. It could be like all couples in the media that have gone through infertility, like your Juliana Rancics and your Beyonces and your yeah. Chrissy Teigens. Definitely Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you can find us on Facebook at the Infertile Mafia. <laughs> As Kayla mentioned, follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk about eggs and balls and stuff and all the other names. Clams and taco hammers. (laughs) And our next episode, we're going to talk about um, the RE, the Reproductive 
endocrinologist, how to pick one and how to prepare before you see one. So tune in for that. All right, Sarah, close us out. Well, thanks for joining us. We are the Infertile Mafia. Bye, everybody. Bye.